Praise the Lord, everybody. My Lord, have mercy. What a time we've been having. This music and singing has been absolutely divine. My spirit has been lifted, ministered to, blessed, charged, challenged. It's been so thrilling. And you've been just a marvelous audience to preach to every night and every day while these men have ministered the word of the Lord. I want to thank you for your kind response. You have been there with us, helped us. Preaching is not a spectator sport. And you folks know that very well because when we get to preaching, you join right in and you help us. And I want to thank you very much. I want to make a pledge to you tonight that I will again preach as fast as I possibly can and try not to be very lengthy. Uh, I don't want to wear you out. I do want to tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you I love this church. I want to tell you it's my heartbeat. There's nothing more thrilling to me than coming to the house of the Lord. Be it in a camp meeting or be it in a small home missionary church somewhere, when we come together in the name of the Lord, it's thrilling and exciting. And I thank God for every opportunity. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture. If you would indulge me that privilege, normally I don't read a lot of Scripture. I was advised many years ago when I started my ministry by an elder minister. He said, Son, when you step to the pulpit and you read the Word of the Lord, he said, Read a lot and read it right. He said, Because that may be all they get out of your message. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, but we have an emergency for Sandra. Moore, are you here? If you are, please come over to the, uh, okay, please come over on this side and one of the ushers will uh, give you the message. God bless this dear lady. Why don't somebody say in Jesus' name? He said the least you can do is read the word of the Lord correctly. Why don't we all pray right now and ask the Lord? Ask the Lord to undertake right now. Her mother, Pastor Dylan, this lady's mother has been smitten with a stroke and is in need of prayer right now. Why don't we call on the Lord right now and ask Him to intervene? God, we know you're the healer of every sickness and every disease. Mighty Lord, we ask you right now to minister in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that you would touch and heal. In the name of Jesus, intervene right now. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. We believe you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. We believe you, Lord. And the church said in Jesus' name. I will be reading tonight. You may locate the scriptures from the book of Isaiah, the book of Ezekiel, the book of Matthew, and the book of Luke. We will read the word of the Lord here momentarily. I want to give honor unto our platform guests tonight our political guests that are with us and guests of dignity that are in our audience. May God bless you. Welcome to Pentecost. We're glad to have you here tonight. I want to also say how much I've appreciated the guest singers that you've had from night to night. The ministry quartet, probably one of the greatest quartets in America. These are wonderful men of God. And then Brother Greg McCool, we recently had him in our church. What a blessing he was to our congregation. And Brother Tony Roberts, we also had he and his family one night. We're looking forward to them coming back again. Wonderful, wonderful people of God. This church is blessed with the greatest talent on the planet. Go ahead and say amen. amen. We're blessed with the greatest talent on the planet. And then 
outstanding ministries like Brother Trapani and Brother Treadway. Lord, have mercy. We are so blessed by God. Aren't you thankful to be in the church tonight? Isaiah chapter 14 is where we will start in our scriptural reading. Isaiah chapter 14 began reading with verse number 12 through verse number 14. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above. Would you say above? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Verse 15. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse number 11 through 15. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse number 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. I believe this verse is also slanted toward a metaphoric expression of Lucifer himself as well as this king of Tyrus. Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, sapphire, emerald, carbuncle, gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets. And notice this. And of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Matthew chapter 4, quickly, and verses 8 through 10. Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Luke chapter 10 and verse 18 is our final scripture. Luke chapter 10 and verse 18. And he said unto them, Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 186,284 miles per second. When God got ready to put him out, he put him out. He came out of there at 186,284 miles per second. I want to preach to you tonight for a little bit on this subject. The day that Lucifer became the devil. 
the day that Lucifer became the devil. The devil as we know him tonight has not always been a devil. He has not always been a devil. Matter of fact, he began as Lucifer, the anointed cherub. But there was a day when he ceased to be Lucifer and he became the devil. Lord Jesus, we ask you to anoint the word of the Lord tonight. Your people are here. Your selected people, your anointed people, your chosen church for this generation. God, would you help me tonight? I love this church. And I love every minister here and every saint of God. Would you stir our souls afresh to those things that are of great priority in your kingdom and for your cause? And everybody said in Jesus' name. And if you will get with me tonight, shout hallelujah. You may be seated. I don't want to take a lot of time laying my foundation because I don't want to be lengthy. Help me get started here. Understand with me, if you would, that we are in an hour when much inquiry, analyzing, and interrogation of the tenets, the traditions, and the doctrines the lifestyle and all that is related to being what we call apostolic Pentecost is at an all-time high. There is an inquiry into what we're all about, analyzing, scrutinizing, interrogating, picking it apart, re-evaluating every aspect of this church and of who we are and what we are and what we believe and what we do and what we don't do. It's a very critical hour for the church. I've never been more thankful to be in the United Pentecostal Church than I am tonight. That deserves a bigger amen than that. We can take it for granted to such an extent that things that we feel are forever secure can be lost right in our faces. I want to preach to you tonight about one of Pentecostal's most favorite lollipops. It's one of the most favorite aspects of what we do that we love to lick from the Word of God and enjoy in services. It is an area of identification and demarcation from the rest of the Rip Van Winkle religions of our society. There was a day that church sanctuaries were measured for size by how many they will seat. Nowadays, they are measured by how many they will sleep. I'm going to preach to you tonight about old-fashioned apostolic worship. Over in the state of North Carolina, along the coast, there's an Air Force base. I saw this with my own eyes, and I got excited. There's a large billboard beside the highway as you're driving. There on one side of the highway is the landing strip for the military jets. The fighter planes come low to the highway in their landing pattern. There's a huge billboard there that states, Pardon the noise. It's the sounds of freedom. And when I saw that sign, I about jumped out of my car. Because that's what I want to tell everybody that attends the camp meeting that's not Pentecostal. We ask you to pardon the noise. It's the sounds of freedom. 
Hallelujah. For whosoever the Son hath set free, he is free indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Woo! Am I preaching to some liberated people tonight? Am I preaching to some folks that really have been set free? The problem with our generation is they know that we are saved. But ladies and gentlemen, I got another message for them. I am more than saved. I am satisfied. Hey, I've been saved from liquor, although I've never had a drink of it. But I'm not here tonight craving a drink of liquor. I've not only been saved from it, I'm satisfied. I'm not burning with lust for an illicit sexual affair. I'm not burning for a desire of another drug. I'm not burning for a desire of the sins of this society. I've not only been saved, I'm satisfied. I want the devil to know we're not in the church crying because we're not doing the things of the world. There's folks that are happy about it. Woo! There is, even as I speak, and I've addressed to you what the heart of this message is about. It's about old-fashioned worship. There are surging forces from within the church to the effect of opposing and striving to intimidate and to minimize our worship, not from outside, from inside. It's not the world that's offended by our worship. It's some lukewarm, compromising, cold, worldly Pentecostals. I got a message for them. I was born in the fire and I can't live in the smoke. Somebody shout praise the Lord, okay. I'm believing God's going to preserve our old-fashioned tenets of aisle running, dancing in the aisle, speaking in other tongues, clapping our hands, jumping up and down. Woo! Somebody shout Hallelujah! Amen. Read for me, brother. First Peter chapter two, verse nine. But ye are a chosen generation. You are a chosen generation. I wasn't drafted into this church. I was chosen. It's like boys out on the sandlot choosing a ball team. And everybody raises their hands. Some of the boys put their ball glove on and show some of their fancy moves, you know. Hey, over here, they flex their muscles. And the captain says, I'll take you. Let me tell you, God passed over Mississippi one day. And out of all the people that live in this lovely state, he chose you. You weren't drafted into this. You were chosen to be a part of it. Read you're a royal priesthood. Read. A holy nation. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Now, why are you a chosen pe a generation? Why are you a holy nation? Why are you a peculiar people? Read. That you should show forth the that praises. That you should show forth the praises. Of him who has called of him who called you out of, out of darkness into, his marvelous into this marvelous light. Praise is our purpose. Praise is our purpose. We were raised to praise, brought from death to life to worship. The Bible said, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. 
God breathed on mankind in the book of Genesis and gave him the breath of life. But before he left this world, Jesus breathed on a group of humble disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is nothing more than the breath of God. Let everything that hath the breath of God, let everything that is breathing, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. I got to tell somebody, we were justified to glorify. We were liberated to love Him. He took the cigarettes out of your hands so you could clap them. He took sin shackles off your feet so you could dance. He took profanity out of your mouth so you could praise. The only major reason you're in this church is to give God glory. Glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are... We've been washed to worship. We've been redeemed to rejoice. We've been delivered to dance. We've been set free to sing. And I thank you so much, Brother Roberts, for that lovely, lovely song that you sang last night. Some people call this bondage. But I call it sweet liberty. I want to ask my generation something. If I'm bound and you're free, why don't you speak in tongues? If, you're, if I'm bound and you're free, why can't you clap your hands in church? If I'm bound and you're free, why can't you jump up and down? If I'm bound and you're free, why can't you dance in the Spirit? If I'm bound and you're free, why don't you run the aisle? Thank God for a shouting superintendent. Thank God for a shouting district board. Thank God for a shouting preacher. I've come to this pulpit tonight to defend and to declare the privilege, the power, and the prerequisite of old-fashioned apostolic worship. We haven't outgrown it. It's not something of antiquity. It's not something to be put aside. It's not something to be laid down. I know, Brother Travis, it's your heart desire that Jeremy Ray and Naomi never be raised in a worldly church. But somebody in this assembly tonight needs to make a vow to them. And that vow is, neither will they be raised in a dead church. As long as I've got breath, there's going to be some tongue talking. As long as I've got strength, there's going to be some jumping. As long as I've got strength, there's going to be some dancing. God's church has got to remain powerful in praise. And if you like it, you better do it. If you don't want your church to be Laodicea, lukewarm, and lackadaisical, you better show somebody you like it. You may be seated. I don't want it to ever be said, we used to shout. I don't want it to ever be said, we used to run the aisles. I don't want it to ever be said, we used to dance in the Spirit. 
There are too many churches that have it in their history and don't have it in their present. But God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. For the hour has come, and now is, that the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Woo! God's looking for somebody that's not afraid to praise Him. Clap your hands to Him right now. Let me hasten on. When we preach about praise, we usually preach it from the connotation of privilege, pleasure, power, performance, prerequisite. Tonight I want to preach it from the standpoint praise is a serious Bible subject. Praise is not a cheap, shallow, something to make fun of. You better be careful how you judge somebody else if they're worshiping God. Who are you to judge somebody else's servant? And that little wife of David rebuked him. But he said, I got a message for you, sweetheart. I don't care whether you like it or not because I wasn't doing it for you. I wasn't thinking about you when I was dancing. I was thinking about how he brought me from the pasture to the palace. I was thinking about how he gave me a lion. I was thinking about how he gave me a bear. I was thinking about how he gave me Goliath. Woo! You're not going to understand why we're so excited. But there's former drug addicts beside you. There's former alcoholics beside you. There's former jailbirds beside you. You may be seated. I need to preach. Lucifer has not always been the devil. There was a time he was the anointed cherub. Bible says that when he was created, God put music in him. Now, does that kind of help us understand why music people sometimes have spiritual problems? There's a lot of music people having some real spiritual problems. And I think one of their problems is based upon the same problem Lucifer had. He wanted music to become the main thing. He wanted music to be above. Music directors don't tell pastors what to do. Music directors don't order the service. Music doesn't dominate the service. The Word of God is the superior part of a truth-proclaiming church. See in here, you may be seated. I have preached some places where they have brought in choirs and choir leaders and special hotshot singers. I'm here to commend and congratulate and appreciate every singing group that's been here during this meeting. But I preach a lot of places where the guest singers come in. They do their little show, and I see them exit. 
before the preacher ever gets the pulpit. I'm sorry. If you want me to shout while you sing, you need to stay around and shout while I preach. We don't need unsanctified talent. We don't need Hollywood on our platform. We don't need fear-breath celebrities. We need anointed children of the Lord that are living for God. You may be seated. Some things upset this preacher. I was preaching in a church here a while back, Brother Travis. And for 30, 45 minutes, they had their choir on the platform. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They led service singing, 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 singing. He said, now it's time for the preacher. And he turned the service to me. And I saw the choir leave the building and go around back. And they were all in the foyer. I could see through the glass doors. I was reading my text and getting ready to start preaching. And they were back there drinking water, slapping backs, going to the potty. Hey, if you're going to go to the potty, go before the book is open. If you gotta walk out, walk out on the soloist. Walk out on the choir. But don't walk out on the preaching of the Word of God. Man, they were all back there in the foyer. And, and I, I know it wasn't God. I, I know it wasn't. I repented later. Especially when I got home and told my wife what, my, what I did and she rebuked me. I turned around to the pastor. I was reading my text. I stopped reading my text. I turned around to the pastor. I had the microphone. I wanted everybody to hear. I said, do you want me to go on? Or is this intermission? Did I miss the intermission sign? Is it Coke break time? Since we don't have cigarette break, it's probably Coke break time. Did I miss the sign, intermission? He said, no, nah, go ahead. Okay. Lucifer was the anointed cherub. Some people say he was the choir director. Some people say he led the worship in heaven. And yet the scripture said iniquity was found in him. Sin was found in him. And he was at that point dismissed, demoted, distanced from the throne, separated from God's spirit, God's city, God's kingdom. And notice this, without possible restoration, without possible restitution, Whatever he did, God was so upset, he never created a return route. Before you ever sinned, God had already made a way for you to come back. Because Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. Before you ever sinned, God had already made a way for you to get saved. But whatever Lucifer did so upset God that there was no restitution route. There was no restoration possible. Was it a mass murder? Was it the mutilation of some spiritual beings? Was it cocaine trafficking? Was it abortion? Was it homosexuality or adultery? What did he do that so upset God that God kicked him out of heaven at the speed of lightning. 
I know the attitude of the sin. Pride, rebellion, self-exaltation. But those are the inward sins. Attitude sins. And almost every sin has an outward manifestation. I believe Lucifer did something one day that manifested his attitude of pride, rebellion, and self-exaltation. What was his manifested activity of sin? Well, let me ask you tonight. What does pride, rebellion, and self-exaltation hinder and deprive an individual of? The ability to worship and praise God. Now here we go. You prophets judge me, but let me preach. I believe there was a day when Lucifer was so consumed with himself that he announced in heaven, as of today I shall no more worship and praise God. I will not praise God anymore. And at that point, Lucifer became the devil and he was hurled out of heaven at 186,284 miles per second. Ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that will keep you in a spiritual, holy, heavenly atmosphere is to praise and worship God. A fish cannot exist without water. A human body cannot exist without oxygen. And a Holy Ghost-filled child of God cannot live without worshiping and praising God. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn how to clap your hands. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn to say, I love you, Jesus. Sooner or later, you're going to have to learn how to praise God. God seemed to say, my heaven, the place of the spiritual, the celestial, is not big enough for two objects of worship to exist at the same time. Now listen. When one ceases to worship, one begins to solicit worship. Because when Lucifer quit worshiping and God cast him down, when he met Jesus Christ in the flesh, the devil said, fall down and worship me. And Jesus said, get thee hence, Satan. It is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. We are never more demonic-like than when we beg for praise. The devil said, praise me, worship me. I say we are never more like the devil than when we want exaltation, when we want praise, when we want somebody to worship us when we want to be exalted, honored, and lifted up for every little thing that we do. When folks refuse to praise God, most of them are wanting praise themselves. It's a sad day when one preacher can't shout when another's preaching. It's a sad day when song, one songwriter can't get excited when another songwriter is being blessed by God. It's a spirit that says, I want to be lifted up. 
I want center stage. But this church, like heaven, is not big enough for two objects of worship to exist at the same time. Jesus is only worthy of worship. Jesus is only worthy of praise. Jesus is the only one. Now, let me quickly show you what happens when we refuse to worship and praise God. Jude said that the angels, which kept not their first estate, were cast down. And people that will not worship God are always damned. Well, I'm just a little down tonight. We had a lady come to our church when we were first starting in Raleigh. She said, Pastor, I've got to talk to you. I said, yes, ma'am. How can I help you? She said, I'm not going to be able to continue to come to church here. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What's the problem? She said, well, every time you all come to church, you're always worshiping and shouting and praising. And everybody seems to be so happy and have the victory. She said, where I'm from... We're used to going through the valley. I said, Sister, that's why we have a prayer room. The valley is not in the sanctuary. The valley is in the prayer room. And as a matter of fact, when David picked that precious ark up and headed back toward Jerusalem, the scripture says something like he had only gone six paces. I mean, they hadn't even got to the offering yet. Six paces into the service, the choir hadn't even got to the platform yet. Oh, that can't be God. They come in the door shouting. David took six steps and said, I can't stand no more. And he began to dance before the Lord with all his might. People that don't worship are down, 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 down. But worshipers are up, 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 up. If you're in a valley tonight, you need to worship your way out. If you're in a valley tonight, you need to praise your way out. Revelation said they're bound. Our revelation said they're cast down. Jude said that those angels are bound in chains. People that won't worship are usually bound. I like that little chorus we used to sing years ago. Jesus gave me the Holy Ghost, and why should I be bound? Jesus gave me the Holy Ghost, why should I be bound? Been baptized in Jesus' name, why should I be bound? Turn around to somebody and say, why shouldn't you shout? Woo! Every 
once in a while I just go crazy so the devil will know I'm not bound. I'm not bound. I'm not bound. I'm not going to let the devil or anybody bind me from praising God. Lucifer became the devil when he quit worshiping God. And if you don't praise God, you're going to become something you don't want to be. Now hear me. You may be seated just a few more minutes. Here's what I want you to hear me all the way on the back. All the way to my right. Oh, I've learned. Thank you, Brother Treadway, for challenging us to give. I've heard people say, I'm afraid I will exhaust the financial resources of my church by allowing my people to give for this cause and that cause and every cause. I want to tell you what I've discovered in my short tenure as an apostolic preacher. You can't run the well dry. And churches that give will always give. And they will always have to give. Folks that don't give, won't give, and won't ever have anything to give. And if you don't worship, soon you won't worship. And then you can't worship. Some of you in here tonight that would like to praise God, shout, and dance, and run the house, but you haven't done it in so long, you're afraid you'll hurt yourself. And some of you in here so spiritually out of shape, you'd have to have a Ben Gay rub down after church tonight if you shout. And the rest of the church would have to have a cold cloth on their face. To wake them up. I don't always feel like shouting, but Jesus didn't feel like carrying the cross. Jesus didn't feel like having nails put through his hands. Jesus didn't feel like being spit on. Jesus didn't feel like dying. Furthermore, I don't have to feel it. I need to obey the Bible. Come on. Oh, he's crying. He's crying. He's crying. You know what the Bible said? Go ask him why he's crying. No. The Bible said get over there and weep with them that weep. I don't know what's wrong, brother, but I'm going to cry with you. But it also says Rejoice with them that rejoice. I don't know why you're shouting. It doesn't matter. God told me not to let you shout by yourself. God told me to rejoice with them that rejoice. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Clap your hands to Jesus right now. Hey.
If anybody in your church takes off running, the Bible commands somebody to run with them. If somebody starts running, it shouldn't be just one. Somebody needs to run with them. If somebody starts dancing, it shouldn't be just one. Somebody needs to dance with them. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Lucifer became the devil when he refused to worship God. You're going to become something you don't want to be if you learn to sit in church and not praise God. You're going to become somebody you don't want to be if you learn to sit in church while everybody's praising and just watch them. God kicked Lucifer out of heaven because he wouldn't pray. One final point. Lucifer said, I'm not going to praise anymore. And he folded his arms and when he did one out of every three angels did the same thing when Lucifer said I'm not doing that anymore and they saw him not participating. One out of every three joined him. You see, if you don't worship, you encourage somebody else not to worship. But when you worship, somebody said, that looks pretty good. I think I'm going to praise God tonight. That looks pretty good. I think I'm going to worship God tonight. And somebody that didn't even think about praising starts loving God. Lucifer became the devil when he refused to praise God. Come on, Pentecost. Let's don't lose this dancing. Let's don't lose this aisle running. Let's don't lose this tongue talking. Let's don't lose this liberty. Let's worship God.